Chapter Twenty of the Travelling Thirds by Gertrude Atherton. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Lynn Thompson. Chapter Twenty. After dinner, Catalina went up to her room to brush her hair. Her head ached slightly, and sit for a while by herself before the evening walk. As a rule, she was the first to be down. But tonight she had a perverse desire for over to come or send for her She was suddenly tired of meeting him halfway of being the frank almost sexless comrade She wanted to be sought and made much of Miss Holmes might be a second-rate But she was an artist and Catalina was not above taking a leaf out of her book I'd rather be a hermit and have smallpox than bother forever as she does according to mrs. Ruff and flatter men Not I but I think I should be more feminine and difficult Her hands trembled a little as she burnished her hair and once her eyes filled with tears But she brushed them off with a scowl and still refused to think She had been too much with over and their friendship had run too smoothly for her thoughts to have been tempted to revolve about him when alone There were times when she turned cold and then hot if he came upon her suddenly and his touch and glance had thrilled her more than once But she had kept it steadily before her that this was but a summer friendship and that in a short time She would be in California and he in England it is true that her imagination supplemented the separation with a meeting in one country or the other not later than a year hence But she had not permitted her mind to dwell upon the significance of his audible self-analysis in Madrid Holding that when a man doubted the depth of his sentiments the time had not come to take him seriously Moreover to speculate upon the significance of a man's attentions was not only indelicate But put her in the class with other girls and nothing distressed her more than to approach the average Therefore she had never sought to discover what lay beneath her daily pleasure in over society and her matter-of-fact assumption that for the time he was hers Nor would she permit herself to analyze her sense of disappointment tonight her soul had been floating on the high golden notes of the nightingales and not alone It had plunged down with a velocity that left it sick and dizzy But as Catalina banged the large pins into her hair. She still refused to demand the reason The people were talking in the garden She shut her window overlooking it and sat down before the one opposite the moon had not risen the street lit by a solitary lamp was full of shadows It was easy to convert the shadows into swarthy men with turbaned heads and flowing robes But she was not in a historical mood Even a man with a long Spanish cloak folded closely about him and holding manifestly to the heavier shadows failed to arrest her attention in spite of her admirable self-control her mind wondered uneasily why over did not call her how he was occupied for the time was passing Her eyes wandered to the height behind the albaicin There were lights they might be watchfires It was not so long ago that that turbulent quarter had rung with the clamor of battle of civil strife That its gates had been secretly opened to Babdil in the night 
and his father or uncle been defied to come over and redden its streets what were four centuries i shall always have that pleasure that resource thought catalina arrogantly i can always take refuge in the past on a moment's notice where on earth can he be does he suppose i don't want to walk as i haven't gone down or is he too interested her spine stiffened she listened intently then stood up silently and looked down over and miss holmes were standing in the doorway of the pension talking catalina could not distinguish the words over had a low voice of no great carrying power and miss holmes had neglected none of the charms that man finds excellent in woman but he was leaning to her words in a fashion that denoted interest and oblivion of all else for the moment in a flash catalina realized just how attractive he was to women still talking they moved from the doorway into the street and then down in the direction of the palace catalina leaned out with a gasp hardly believing the evidence of her eyes for a moment astonishment routed other sensations was it possible that over was on his way to visit the alhambra for the first time by moonlight with another woman that he was going for his evening walk at all without her never had he thought of doing such a thing before they went off together frequently alone every evening even in toledo he had come directly to the casa villena after dinner and sooner or later by one device or another had managed to carry her off for a stroll but there he was complacently walking down street with another woman and not so much as a backward glance and the other woman had white lace about her head and shoulders and no doubt looked like a lorelei the only beauty she had ever heard over praise was the beauty of fair women which was as it should be and Englishmen laughed at American distinctions if this girl were second-class How was over to find her out on a moonlight night in a tricksy frame? How discover that she wore her hair like a shop girl? Doubtless if he thought at all about the matter he would elevate miss Holmes above herself in the social scale She at least did not suggest the cowboy and Still he did not turn his head Perhaps he was only strolling for a few minutes with the new acquaintance waiting for his usual companion to descend Catalina leaned farther out in a moment. They passed the old mosque and disappeared She fell back from the window unable for a moment to think coherently The blood was pounding in her head her impulse was to run after them and twist her rivals neck she panted with hate with the desire for vengeance with the lust to kill She stood like a wooden idol, but she boiled with the worst passions of the ancient races behind her She conceived swift plans of vengeance. She would make friends with the girl poison her peace of mind Kill her if she could not inveigle herself into killing herself The malignant treacherous nature of the aboriginal controlled her obsessed her Civilization fell away she was capable of the worst she cared nothing for consequences literally she wanted the enemy's scalp then without premeditation she wept stormily like an undisciplined child or a savage beside itself 
and then the obsession passed and she was horrified it was not thus her imagination had dwelt upon the great revelation she had visioned love among the stars and had expected groping perhaps to find it there but to discover it in a fit of jealous rage writhing in the most ignoble of the passions her soul shrieking for revenge she descended to the depths of discouragement humiliation she doubted if she were worthy of being loved even by a mere man for the moment she despised the entire sex for over's weakness and inconstancy of course like others he had succumbed to this enchantress who didn't even wear her hair like a lady and was therefore unworthy of even the rage she had flung after him she longed to despise him so hotly that her love would be reduced to a charred ember and thought she had succeeded then it flamed all through her and she sprang to her feet there is one thing i can do she thought and lit the candle i'll leave tomorrow never will i go through this again and never will i see him again if i can help it she had the instinct of all wounded things and a terror of the emotions that had torn her pain she could stand and had a dim foreshadowing that in solitude she might attain that dignity of soul that sorrow and meditation bring to great natures but never the passionate conflict of emotions that confused her now as she locked her trunk there was a knock on her door she answered mechanically and mrs roth entered what catalina who was sitting on the floor sprang to her feet her hair was disordered and her eyes red there was no use attempting to conceal anything from this keen-eyed woman whose sufferings were stamped in the loosened muscles of her face she stood silent and haughty she would deny nothing but nothing was further from her mind than confession may i sit down asked mrs roth have you a headache i was afraid you must have as you did not come down my head doesn't ache but i am sick of spain i'm going to start for home tomorrow oh i am sorry it will be dreary without you and i thought it so enchanting here can't i induce you to change your mind catalina sat down on her trunk but she shook her head i want to go home she said mrs roth turned her kind bitter eyes full upon catalina don't run away she said it is unworthy of you and this means nothing what is more natural he being a man than that he should accept the minor offerings of the gods when the best is not forthcoming moreover when a man has talked steadily to one girl for three weeks she shrugged her shoulders that is the way they are made my dear the way we are all made for that matter as you will discover in time for yourself it is better to accept men as they are and early than late i never want to see another man again and this was our first night in granada there was had been for weeks a tacit understanding that we should do every bit of it together but you disappeared no doubt he thought you were indisposed i wanted him to come after me for once oh my dear men are so dense when they love us desperately they rarely do what we most long to have them if i don't sympathize with you well i think of my own throes not only at your age but so often later it is so easy to fall in love 
so difficult to remain there you can marry over if you wish and two or three years hence the pity of it do you mean that no love lasts in tenacious natures like yours it may nevertheless there will be times when he will bore you get on your nerves when you will plan to get away from him for a time a few years ago i still clung in the face of experience to my delusions then i would have held your hand and wept sympathetic tears now i can only say go in and win but don't break your heart over an imagined capacity of love at an interminable high pitch you must have loved mr roth when you married him said catalina with curiosity and feeling that mrs roth had opened the gates and bade her enter i did said the older woman dryly for what other reason pray would i make a fool of myself and disgust and antagonize those whom i had loved so long what a fool the world is she burst out and writers for that matter they are always harping on the death of the man's love upon the punishment that will be visited upon the woman of mature years who marries a man younger than herself i am capable of the profoundest feeling and i have never been able really to love a man in my life i have deluded myself again and again and invariably the man has disappointed or disgusted me this is my third husband the first died but not soon enough to leave me with a blessed memory the second whom i had found irresistible developed into a gourmand with a bad temper i lived with him for fifteen years when i met roth i was forty the beginning of the most critical period in the life of women of my sort when if not happy we would stake our souls for happiness it seemed to me that i could not continue to live without love and yet that i could not die unless i had if only for a day loved to the full capacity of my nature when i met roth and he fell head over heels in love with me i was a very handsome woman five years ago i was at first flattered then his ardour struck fire in me and i made no effort to extinguish it it was what i had waited for prayed for and i encouraged it fanned the flame i was convinced that it was the grand passion at last and i went out to dakota i glorified in the sacrifice gloated over it and in spite of divorce and scandal i suppose i was happy for a time and now asked catalina breathlessly she had forgotten over and miss holmes never had she been so close to living tragedy mrs roth in her negligee of pale yellow silk and much lace her ruffled petticoat and slippers of the same shade indescribably fresh and dainty and in the light of the solitary candle a beautiful woman once more was to catalina the very embodiment of the world and for the moment far more interesting than herself now i hate the sight of him i am bored beyond the power of words to tell i have to remind myself that he is not my son and when i do not long for my own son who was far brighter i long for a man of my own age to exchange ideas with who will understand me in a degree there are a few women with eternal youth in their souls but i am not one of them i am tired of all his little habits the very expression of his face when he smokes a cigarette with his after-dinner coffee gets on my nerves i am sick of making up and pretending to be interested in the things that interest a young man 
I want to be frankly myself. Of course I should hate growing old in any case, but I am sick of being a slave. That is what it amounts to when you don't dare to be yourself. But I must keep up the farce lest I lose him, and the world laugh and once more remind itself of its perspicacity. I give him a long rope. He is still fond of me. My pride mounts as everything else fades away. There you are. Catalina had hardly drawn breath during this jeremiad. She no longer had any desire to run from her own pain. After all, what had Over done but take a walk with a strange girl in her own absence? She had beaten a molehill as high as a mountain, but she could think of nothing to say. In the bitter misery before her there was the accent of finality, and comment would have been resented if heard. "'I have told you all this,' said Mrs. Roth, "'partly because the impulse after five years of repression was irresistible, "'partly to show you that the great tragedy of a woman's life "'is when not the man, but she, ceases to love. "'Better far death and desolation and a great memory "'than a nature in ruins, "'and the magic that would rebuild gone out of hope for ever. "'As for you,' Congratulate yourself that you are able to feel and suffer as you have done to-night. Over is a better sort than most. Marry him, and prove that you are of greater and finer stuff than I. I should be delighted. And if this girl should develop into a rival of a sort, welcome the stimulation, and show your mettle. I won't fight over any man. Certainly not. Simply be more charming than she is. Nothing could be easier. You could not make the mistake of eagerness if you tried, but you can be obliviously delightful, and you know him far better than she does, and have no machine-made methods. Now, go to bed and sleep, and ignore the episode in the morning. You went to bed with a headache, and neither knew nor cared what Over did with himself. End of chapter 20